we are often naked together in the mornings. That's true. Via selfie. Andy and I take our ugly selfies in the morning and send them to each other uh, very often. So, um, <laughs> oh, Harry, have I got the genitals for you? Stop me now. Oh, no. If you've got an itch, Andy Vargo will scratch it. <laughs>
good thing to do. But now that I'm getting older, like every now and then, just there be a black one. Oh, <laughs> it's horrifying. Yeah. And they're like really coarse. But <laughs> this is my grooming ritual. You've probably seen me like I get right there in the mirror, right by the light and tweeze those suckers. I've right seen now. you do it. Yeah. Well, so. and I don't know. Every once in a while, I get a random like, how do I miss that hair where it gets so long so quick? Have it's you like, ever had one grow out of a weird place and then they're like this long or something? Yeah. Like I have one that comes out of my forehead. So does Andrew every now and then. Oh, okay. I have my, my eyebrows get um, a little bit like ready for takeoff sometimes. And so I got to keep those things under control. All of a sudden one will be like interfering with my vision. Like it'll be like down here, like tweaking. <laughs> Dave gets like some weird ear hairs and stuff. Oh, it's weird. That's awesome. Well, you guys, this is an appetizing show for you today, talking about weird body hair. <laughs> well, no, because everybody gets weird stuff. And then you see, if you think that's bad, well, we haven't even gone into my story yet, but this is my story because, you know, like we try to focus on relationships a little bit on this show. And I just want to tell like what a great husband I have by tell, sharing a little story okay. that happened the other day. So if you're eating, you might want to like not watch for a couple minutes or if you're squeamish, whatever. But oh. I, I, I happen to have irritable bowel syndrome. That means I'm either constipated or I have diarrhea. And so sometimes you get a sneak attack. You just don't even know that it's coming, right? Oh, no. So I'm sitting here working on something in my office now and surprise, I have to run, right? So I go in the bathroom, but Andrew had been in there before me and had an accident all over the floor. So there's oh, pee no. all over the floor. And I'm like, oh no. So I just like didn't step in it, but I had to do what I had to do. And so I yell out, there's pee all over the floor. So Dave comes in there while I'm having my emergency and cleaned the pee up off the floor while I was on the toilet. Now that is a good man. I'm just saying, you know, you can look for tall and handsome. You can look for a Mr. Musclebound, but you need to look for a guy who will come clean pee up while you are pooping. That's all I have to say. Cause how, how do you ask that on a first date? Like, you know, on a commitment level, you know, I run when people want to even just already plan like the next date, let alone cleaning up pee while you're pooping. I mean, I just don't know where in between there, how do you filter that? <clears throat> Maybe not on the first couple of dates, you're not going to be able to decipher that. But when you realize that you can be yourself around that person, Okay, there you go. Don't necessarily mean like you got to poop in front of him on the fourth date. But I remember when <laughs> I was with, when I first met Dave, I've told this story before, I don't know where, but I remember that we were in the car and I was kind of um, throwing back, like he was saying stuff and I was being sarcastic back to him because that's how I treated men back then. And I remember seeing the look on his face that, that I had heard him. And, and hearing like almost a voice in my head saying, you don't have to do that with this one. He's, he's safe. You can trust him. And that's when you know. Like if you feel like you've got to like, you can't be yourself or you got to put on a act or whatever, then why bother? Because there might come a day, maybe you don't step in pee, but there might be some other kind of catastrophe. You got to be able to trust the person that you're with. 
I think, yeah, that's this got much deeper than I expected it to, but that is true. You do you do need to be able to have that trust. And there are different things that represent that trust, right? Like right. sometimes it's cleaning pee off the floor. Sometimes it's just not having to feel guarded when you speak. Uh, sometimes it's not worrying about how you dress or if they're going to, you know, can I sing in the shower or in the car without, you know, being torn down because of my voice or whatever mm -hmm. it is, you know, but that's a really right. good. And, and he didn't have to come in there at that moment. I don't think most people would have, they would have just, but he didn't want me to have to worry about stepping in it or, you know, anything yeah, like that. Like, and... Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, he looks out for his family and that's really an admirable trait. I agree. And I don't know, I find it very attractive. So there well, we that, go. That always helps too. All right. Well, now that I ruined everybody's appetite, you have any, like any interesting stories going on with your relationship wise right now? Well, you know, I'm still trying to find that guy that will clean the pee off the floor for me. Um, though I've never phrased it like that, like that just, um, and, and I, I, I suck at the day. Like I'm, I feel like I, you know, you know, it's that old adage of like the cobbler's kids with no shoes or whatever. You can, you can help other people with their things, but when it comes to your own, it's just kind of like, mm -hmm. oh, I don't do this very well. So I went out with this guy on a non-date. And um, let me explain what a non-date is. That's like when you're into somebody and you go out, but you didn't really clarify if it's a date or not. And the problem is I didn't even really clarify if it was um, whether, you know, whether or not he's gay. So, so I'm on my non-date and we're trying to figure out the lighting and doing all that kind of stuff. Sorry. So, so let me <laughs> clarify. So, cause this is interesting, you know, like I can just pretty much assume that if I met a guy that he was, and he wanted to do something with me that he was a straight guy. How do you get to that finding out if someone is gay typically? I, I don't know, but I, I, I botched it because I'm on the, the non-date and we're having a great dinner, having a great conversation. And I don't want to like make it weird because I also am fine with being friends with this person, you know, we're, that's cool too, but I would be happy if it was more, but um, we're on the non-date and he starts mentioning his ex-girlfriend. I'm like, okay, probably not gay. Well, dumbass me mentions that I have an ex-wife and doesn't say, you know, got divorced, came out, whatever, just left it out there. So now I walk away thinking, well, he's probably not gay. He's got an ex-girlfriend. He's probably walking away going, well, he's probably not gay. He's got an ex-wife. I don't help the situation. So, so that is a really good point because I don't feel like it's something that I always need to lead with every time I meet somebody. I don't feel like I need to say, oh, this is, you know, you don't need to know every fact about me. However, depending on where you want the relationship to go, that might be important. And it's not that I would be um, opposed to saying something. The conversation just didn't go that way naturally. So it felt like it would have always been weird to throw it in. And um, anyway, it's just weird. So it's like, so now I'm wondering, like, do I pursue that? Do I not? Do I just let it be? And have, uh, you, have you seen him since then? Yes. And? Uh, it was brief. It was just visiting. We'll, we'll have to go out again, like on another non-date. And I'll, I'll be better about mentioning that I date guys and see 
because like you don't want to make it weird to where they don't want to go out with you again even as friends but you also you know got to find out like which bucket do i put this person in mm -hmm. so and i and i would rather um you know i'm on some of the i've been on some of the dating apps and i do this thing where i i call it date or delete or uh meet or move on because it's like you get all these people that you're chatting with and there's like say 10 people you said hi to over the last couple months and pretty soon it's like or you or maybe you matched with but haven't said hi to i'm like okay it's time to just engage or erase like we're either gonna have we're either gonna have a conversation or i'm gonna take you off the list because um i don't need a bunch of people hanging out there as possibilities if we're not even talking to each other <clears throat> so so every once in a while, I just go through and I'm like, okay, 10 people are getting deleted because we haven't engaged. And neither of us were apparently excited about the other one enough to say hi, or we said hello, and that conversation fizzled out two months ago or two weeks ago. And that's fine. I, but I, and, I'm, and I'm not saying that about, you know, I'm not butthurt about it. It's just, if it's not a natural spark, let it go. Uh, but then sometimes you meet people where you do feel like you have a natural spark, but you don't know if that spark is like, you know, going to start a roaring fire that's going to turn into, you know, like marshmallows and s'mores later, or if it's just like uh, natural chemistry that's great for hanging out and visiting. I don't know. Hmm. So today I'm bringing more problems and solutions, I would like to say. Well, it's always easier when it's someone else's life. Can you do the thing where you go like, well, okay, like, what if this was me and this was my problem and this was some chick that I met and we went out, you know, and then I wasn't sure, like, what would you tell me to do? Hmm. I would tell you to be yourself and just find a way to work it in in a way that seems natural, you know, like, which is what I need to figure out how to do. It's easier said than done though, like anything. Anytime someone's giving you advice, um, you know, I think a lot of times we get annoyed by advice because it's easier for someone else to look at our lives and say it, but I do think it's still good to get advice because having it in the back of our head at least makes us think about how we're going about our life in whatever way it is. And it doesn't mean that, oh, I'm gonna be able to just go do it tomorrow, but having the idea there kind of helps go, okay, you know, there, there, there can be, forward movement in whatever it is you're trying to work on in life. <laughs> so. All right. So what have you been watching shows this week? What's going on with in reality TV? Well, first, oh, I forgot what I was going to start the whole show with because I got oh. distracted. Oh, there's my husband texting me now. All he right. can't find the blue lot. Oh my God. They used to have little, um, like giant sure, flag. Like, they it's have like a the... color around each corner. So I'm going to look up a picture of the blue lot or the fairgrounds. Do you watch Jeopardy or do you ever watch Jeopardy? I have watched Jeopardy in the past. I don't have cable though, so I don't see like current stuff, but I, I used to watch it back in the Alex Trebek days. My parents watched it religiously, so it was always on over there. Um, yeah, so we have always watched um, Jeopardy. Like that was for a long time. That's what we did. Like, cause we're old. We go. We would go to bed at seven thirty and watch it in bed as part of our nightly ritual. Let's just say. 
Right. And uh, then, you know, when we went down to uh, Burbank Comedy Festival, while we were in Burbank, we went and saw a taping of, uh, of Jeopardy. Jeopardy. Wow. Alex Trebek. And that was cool. And it's funny because we had always joked around about Alex Trebek because he always kind of came across a little, what's the word? Smart. Kind of like he would sometimes like, no, like, no, that's not the answer. Like what an idiot, you know, kind oh. of like a little pompous. But then I never when we, picked up on that. No, but then when we saw him, like when we saw him, he was um, much more friendly. He was really friendly with the audience and we really liked him. And mm -hmm. so we became totally pro Alex Trebek. And so okay. then when he died, you know, of course that was really sad. But yeah. then, you know, then it's like, well, who's going to take his place? Well, they got that Ken Jennings who like oh. for a long time was like the biggest winner on Jeopardy or whatever. Yeah. I didn't realize that's who they went with. Well, they didn't yet. So oh, they've okay. been trying different people out. That's where I'm getting. So oh, gotcha. the big talk was Ken Jennings. But Ken Jennings, okay. First of all, ugly. Second of all, not charming. Third of all, no personality, which is probably second of all and third of all are the same thing. But he also tweeted, and it was like back at, a, I don't know when, but he tweeted nothing worse or nothing sadder than a hot person in a wheelchair. Okay, so. Oh, I remember hearing something about that, probably yeah. on your post. So, okay, cancel culture or whatever. Um, well, and I, I get what you're saying about I mean, you mentioned cancel culture, but I think there's a difference in cancel culture when you are going back in time and finding something that ever happened that somebody did um, to pull them off of a pedestal. Um, I think that, especially when it's something that has been addressed, I think that's much different than making a decision on where to move someone forward who's currently in the spotlight and that's a current situation. I think that's a different conversation. And I think it's also different depending on how recent something like that has been. Right. No. I mean, plus it's just, the, 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 I just, I don't like the guy. Okay, I don't like Ken Jennings there, I said it. I don't want him to be the host. So they've tried him out. Then there's a couple other people. Now I, I haven't been watching, I will admit. I have not been watching, but I read up on who, cause I knew like last week or whenever it was Katie Couric, however you say your last name, mm -hmm. was her, she's all right. But this week it's Anderson Cooper. And I'm like, perfect. Anderson Cooper is handsome. He, we know he's intelligent. Okay, first of all, you better know who Anderson Cooper is. Yeah, he's like a, um, I know he's gay. Okay. Isn't he on CNN? Yeah. Um, and he's charming. We know he's got a sense of humor because he hangs out with his buddy Anderson, uh, not Anderson Cooper, Andy Cohen. Oh and yeah, you told me you told yeah. me who he was. And you got to have a sense of humor to hang out with Andy Cohen. So I think it makes him the perfect host. Now, some other people are rooting for LeVar Burton from okay. Reading Rainbow. Yeah, Data. Or not Data. Um, Jordy LaForge. Yeah, I don't know because I never watched Reading Rainbow. I'm too, I'm older than that. Well, Jordy LaForge was Star Trek. And he was also, yeah, he was also on Star Trek. And, you know, I'm not a nerd. So I didn't know that either. 
I mean, I know he's from that. He has still yet to come up, so maybe he'll be better. But I'm saying, but apparently ratings wise, Ken Jennings is ahead, has hmm. gotten the best, but he was the first one. So of course, everyone's going to tune in to see how he's doing on it. Well, and also one thing with Ken Jennings could be that um, people who watch Jeopardy will be familiar with him. So right. if they're appealing to Jeopardy fans, then that might might be a logical choice. Now, if there's no personality, then that can kill a show. I mean, you can't just take someone because of their their smarts. He's just then... a giant dork. <laughs> but I haven't watched, I don't know, I haven't seen the guy, so I can't say uh, one way or the other. But I do know that sometimes what looks like the best choice is not always the best choice um, when you consider some other factors. I, I do, um, I think out of all of those guys, I would go with, uh, well, I call him Jordy the Forge, but um, LeVar Burton, is that his name? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would probably go with him just because um, he seems to have a good personality. He, I mean, but Reading Rainbow, I don't know how long ago that show was on as opposed to now. I mean, I watched him on Star Trek, so I don't know. I haven't seen his personality interactions for like, you know, 20 years. So I don't know what right, the yeah, version looks like. Um, I don't either. I don't know. I'm still rooting for Cooper, Anderson. I don't know. I think there'd be a lot of concern about fake questions. Yeah. So do you think Anderson Cooper is hot? Um, I, I don't, I wouldn't say he's hot in my book. All right. I used to think he was cuter, but then he's gotten like paler and skinnier and I didn't think that was possible. Well, I'm trying to screen share, but uh, where is he? I want you to, let's come on, let's really look at him. He's cute. He's super cute. I don't know what other people think, but it looks like nobody's watching. Oh, somebody's watching. What I do mean, we think better, of Anderson that's Cooper? A, that's a better picture of him than I um, was picturing. He is that's, pretty pale. I mean, his face and his skin are pretty much the same color. Yeah, it's a good thing he's but got black those dark glasses. Yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, a good imagine, move. Imagine what his legs look like at the beach. Woo. <laughs> I think they'd crisp. All right. So there's that. Um, well, this is subtitling it. So I looked at it and it's like, that's weird to see my own words. I bet so. So Sherry, mm -hmm. do you watch The Bachelor? No. You don't, why not? That just seemed like a show. I mean, I don't, I don't watch it myself. That just seemed like a show you would be watching. Don't get me started. You want to get me started? Okay. I, would like I, know, started. I know a lot of people that watch The Bachelor. And I kind of okay. know the premise. I may have watched an episode or two years ago. And okay. And I have, I may have seen part of an episode. I've never watched a whole thing. I don't even think I've ever watched a whole show. But isn't it basically where the gals are all competing for the one guy and they go on dates with him? Yes. And that's married. what irritates me about it. Why? Okay. Women have it tough enough. All right. In this united states in the world why are you 
come on women why are you all fighting over the same goddamn guy excuse my language there are plenty of men out there you don't need to like what they're pitting women against each other and that is just something that we as women have to put a stop to uh, that's why i don't like it okay well i'm glad to see some emotion I coming i i think that's a very good reason that's a noble that's a noble cause you know <clears throat> well apparently i don't watch the show so i don't know and i should have looked this up but i heard a rumor that one of the bachelors um like after the season was over and i don't know how long if it was a, a month a year whatever but came out as gay and so there's been some talk about this on the, the net of inner going on and so so do we know if he like just came out or was he just posing for the show um and that's the that's the question because i think then there becomes this you know were you just trying to get a few minutes of stardom and knew this or were you really not sure or what and i think that that's one of those things that always comes up right when people come out it's like well everything else that you did in your life up to this point then gets questioned about what was the motive and um don't you think that probably the majority of people that are on reality shows have twisted their own reality in order to fit into whatever to be able to get time on TV? I think, yeah, that's probably true. That's a good point because you don't get that level of attention without putting on some certain amount of showmanship. And so there is that. So. Well, it's like, you know, I, you know, I watch the Real Housewives and it's like, you know, Dave always tries to tell me that the producers are making them say stuff or whatever. And I'm like, I don't, I don't believe that it goes that far. I believe that the producers um, let them know that they like it when they cause a lot of drama and have, you know, I don't think they direct them exactly what to do, but I can. Right. So have you been watching that show lately? Like I'm just it hasn't curious. been on. It hasn't been on. Oh. But I need to give an update on Sister Wives. Oh yeah. To talk a little bit about 90 Day Fiance. Okay. Okay. So I'm, not, I'm just gonna briefly tell you, you know how we talked last week about how Mary and Cody were having some marital issues yeah. on Sister Wives. Mary was the first wife. She was that the first Cody had that he had to take to Bethlehem to have their firstborn <laughs> in a manger. Yeah. Got it. But uh uh Christine, who's the third wife. And th there's four, right? Mm-hmm. So she's not the one that was the youngest of the no, she's kind four. of the one in the middle. And I thought okay. about this when I, I looked over our episode, and you said that if you kind of were the second or the third wife, you'd kind of feel like what about me kind of and then that's oh. exactly what happened this week is oh, that christine kind of like said she feels like she gets overlooked and she doesn't get cody's attention and she wants to move back to salt lake and she's ready to just leave and leave the family wow and it was like shocking because here we're all worried about mary and then all of a sudden boom something else happens so um wow so, so that's wonder, news on sister wife. Yeah, so where did they leave that? Is she leaving or is she just It's kind of in the air cuz Mary is trying to talk her down and saying you can't do that. You don't get to just give up on this, you know. So we don't wow. know. Now how many of them have 
their own children invested in this. They all have children with Cody. They all do. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so it's not as simple as saying, I don't want to be part of the circle and just move out. Well, some of them, their their kids are, some of them, their kids are grown. Oh, okay. And, you know, like uh, Christine, I think her youngest is maybe late elementary, middle school age. Okay. No, you know. But still, wow. So, okay. So they're still working that out. That's hard too, because, you know, you look at a situation where you're getting divorced and it's hard to divorce yourself. And maybe we might have talked about this last time where when you want to break up with someone, you think, oh, maybe I'll put up with this person because I like all of the, the circle of friends or family that we have with them still. And, with, and in this situation, it's even more intense because if you decide you want to leave that situation, it's not just the one person that you're breaking up with. It's, am I breaking up with my sisters, you know? And, um, and then they're pressuring you not to leave. So then you've got to have those breakup conversations with more than just one person. I mean, that's hard enough with one person where you're saying, I want to, I want to leave this. And so I can't imagine mm-hmm. the fortitude you must have to have to get through that once you really make up your I mind. Know. I know. So I don't know. I, I hate to see any of them. You know, it's, in some ways I hate to see any of them break up, but then in other ways, it's like, good. Maybe she'll finally get the life that she deserves to have her own man if she wants one or not, and not have to be in this position where she's getting one fourth of a man. I mean, do you think that Cody know. would uh, clean the pee off the floor for her? Yes, I actually do think he would. So, well, there you go. But it might take him a few days to get over there if it wasn't her turn. Oh, <laughs> right. It's like, I can do that on Wednesday. That's your day, darling. Yeah. So, see, <laughs> that's uh, the problem with that. And that would like, be. Oh, no, go ahead. Anyway, he might be a good guy. It's mm. just the situation is jacked up. That would be the hard thing too in in a situation like that because you know that um, you know that in relationships when you need someone it's not scheduled right it's I need your help right now I got a mess on the floor or Mm -hmm. I'm at the blue gate and I can't and there is no blue gate you know it's like how do I find this like like you you don't know when those situations are going to come up where you need your partner and so to have it scheduled is great to respect everybody's balance but then you're kind of left without that need being fulfilled when you're not in that place of being scheduled. And if you're disrupting the schedule, then you're disrespecting everybody else's time that's set aside. Mm-hmm. So it's right. kind of a, there's not an easy way to, to solve that. And well, then I think you probably get, um, you have to like, you have to really like put a lot of your needs, you have to dampen them down if they're not, oh, uh, that's not important enough to interrupt him with like, that's got to make you feel less important you know yeah and and that's a really good point because i know that myself i don't i i don't want to interrupt people or bug people like i set things on the back burner and and lower my self-importance in what i see in other people's eyes by not asking for even just for asking for business asking for favors and, and it becomes a problem when you don't see the self-worth enough that you're willing to ask because you don't, you know, it's one thing to not ask for different reasons, but if you don't ask because you don't think that you're worthy of their attention, that's when it becomes a problem. And I think like you just said, it makes you ask that question and it probably more often than not, you're probably saying, 
oh, it's not worth me interrupting them when it probably would right. be. And it's interesting that we're talking about this because we've been talking about the same issue career-wise. So yeah, it's come 360, and I don't know if we want to get to that into that on camera. Um, 90 Day Fiance. Yes. All right. So we haven't talked about this yet before. This is new. No. I mean, not in this in this realm. I know you watch this show. Yes. And and, and so and I've told you that there are different forms of it. There's 90 Day Fiance, 90 Day Fiance, The Single Life, 90 Day Fiance, Pillow Talk, 90 Day Fiance after the 90 days. And I'm sure there I know there's more. Yeah. And well, there was there was some reverse one I remember you talking about. <clears throat> and so and and so 90 Day Fiance is all about you have to get married within three months, right? If you're bringing someone over on a K, what they call a K-1 visa, someone okay. from another country, you have 90 days from the day they get here to get married or they have to go back. Gotcha. Yeah. And I have a friend who actually was a real life 90 day fiance. Oh, like, really? Like, you know, they met and then she was from Canada. And so then it became, you know, it wasn't like, oh, we meet and get married in 90 days. But, but after, you know, they courted for a while. And then when they get to that point where they decided that's what was going to happen, then it was like you had to fit within that window. Right. So I think, and I don't know on the show if they meet in that 90 days, you know, in reality, it's not usually someone you meet and get married in three months, but. Yeah, it depends. Some situations, like they haven't, they've talked to them on the internet, but they haven't met in person and the okay. person comes over. Sometimes they met him like when they were on vacation, like in Jamaica and wherever, right. I don't know. And then, you know, then they bring them back over here. So there are different, there, um, there are situations where it's pretty obvious the person is just coming over here because they want to come over here okay. and they're just uh playing with the person and that's it's really that's hard, to, hard watch, to see yeah. you know and a lot of these people not all of them but a lot of there's a few of them that are uh very naive maybe a little simple-minded and don't really see that they're getting taken advantage of and it's just heart-wrenching you know that that's one of the hardest things to see when you you know we see this with friends where a friend starts to get in a relationship and you feel like they're being used but they are they also feel the happiest they've ever felt because they're getting attention they may have never gotten before and you don't want to be the one to say you just gotta sit and wait it out i know yeah oh. and, and if you if you are if you are pointing it out, then you're unsupportive. And if you you know, and, yeah, and and you have to kind of gauge where you're at with that friend too. Like, what's the level of closeness? And and you know, when I get into those situations, I try to ask questions in a way that puts it in, puts ideas into their head to think through without it being I'm questioning your relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. With um, a lot of times, I'm saying things like, well, you know. I didn't have a healthy relationship with my ex-wife for a long time because of this and make it about, not about her, but about the dynamics of the relationship that I didn't bring the right healthy parts to and that, that contributed to it not being the best relationship. So it becomes the elements of the relationship and not either person being the problem. So I, like when I, when I encounter people like that, I try to make the conversation about a healthy relationship. And that's kind of the only way that I can find to, to broach it. But it also is often not 
picked up on. You know, when you make a subtle comment, you have to trust on someone reading between the lines to also see that. Right, right. So I want to talk about one, one of the guys. Okay. He's now on 90 Day Fiance, The Single Life. He, okay, was on so 90 Day, he was on 90 Day Fiance. His name is Big Ed. Big Ed, okay. Big Ed. And Big Ed is um, not big. He's little. He's about five feet tall, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. He's not like a little person. Um, but he's a very short person. Okay, here's the thing. And then this is where... I'm really, uh, well, first of can all. I, can I ask a question though? Yes. So the single life, does that mean that the first 90 days didn't work out and this is the person afterwards? Yes. Okay. So I'm gonna show you a picture of Big Ed. I'm gonna share my screen. All right. Um, why is it letting me do that? Okay, share screen. Big Ed. All right, so this is Big Ed. Okay. This is uh, not the most flattering picture of him, but it's fairly representative, although most of the time he wears his hair back in a ponytail. Okay. This is Big Ed when he went to, I don't remember if it was the Philippines or Vietnam or somewhere to visit Rose, his fiance, in the first round of 90 Day Fiance. So okay. I'm going to stop sharing. Uh, I'll leave it up. We'll leave it up. So Big Ed has become one of the most, I don't want to say popular, but most well-known people from 90 Day Fiance. Okay. okay. Because A, he looks like this. And then this is where I go into this, like, you know, we're body shaming him. We're making fun of his looks. I mean, where do you draw that line? But here's the deal. So he would do stuff. He had this young, pretty little fiance. And he did stuff like, uh, I noticed that you have hair on your legs. I bought you a razor and some shaving cream. Will you please shave? Mm. Then he bought her a toothbrush and toothpaste to tell her that she had bad breath. Um, and people are just like, dude, look at you. Like you are lucky to have a girlfriend at all. Why are you being so rude? So like, I mean, he's just clumsy. He doesn't really seem to understand that he's not maybe Prince Charming for these women. Um, he's kind of clueless, but he, he, he doesn't, he doesn't really have a, a, a mean bone in his body. He's, he's kind of like an underdog in a way, but he's just so damn awkward. I was going to say, do you think he's just so socially awkward that he's maybe even challenged enough that he's even unaware of those not being the way you would approach that situation? Well, he realizes it later when it goes awry. Okay. He's not stupid. You know, hmm. like he's not like mentally challenged in any way except he just doesn't well, know what he's doing i'm gonna stop sharing because i can't I, I know i've known some people who have been in situations where um where someone has been has treated the partner that they're with that way where you know i i, 
I knew a guy who would kind of body shame his, you know, wife a lot. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, we'd all be going, well, you're not all that. Like, why do you think you're going to shame her for how she dresses or her size or things like that? And I think that a lot of times it's an outward expression of their own insecurities. Um, and also I think sometimes it's this, um, if they can't ever get the girl, they may have fantasized about what having that girl should be like and how that, what is their view of a feminine woman without, you know, with perfect right. breath and no hair on their legs. And so they're then kind of lashing out about this. Well, I finally have you as my girlfriend. This is how you're supposed to be because they don't realize, you know, maybe they haven't had enough experience with dating to where you can actually see that, you know what, there isn't this perfect bundle you're going to get because even who you might visualize as the prettiest person still grows hair on their legs. You know, it's like we all put right. our pants on the same way. I mean, I guess, I guess part of what I, I, uh, that makes me bristle about this is why do we still think that pretty equals good mm-hmm. and ugly equals bad? You know, it's, it's, so like saying like, like, like we feel like Ed doesn't deserve this pretty person because of what he looks like, but what, what does that mean? Like that? I know. It's like earlier I was talking to somebody and they were saying that um, somebody shouldn't get a job because they were ugly. They were talking about uh, Ken Jennings on Jeopardy. (laughs) Well. (laughs) No. But no, you're right. Because, but the thing is, I think that, um, I think ugly is a is a very fluid type of word because, first of all, taste is subjective, and everybody has that thing that they're attracted to. And when I see someone as ugly, usually it's I think more of their personality. Like if they have an ugly personality, that makes them ugly to me. Um, so I can see somebody who I might initially be attracted to. Like, I remember, I think I posted this on Facebook one time. I was sitting at Starbucks a couple years ago writing, and I see this uh, person walk in the, the door who I thought would be a really attractive guy. But then I noticed that he parked his his big, you know, fancy SUV in the, uh, the permit spot without a permit, you know, left his car running, walks in to get his, his mobile order, doesn't say thank you to the barista, doesn't hold the door for the person behind him. And I just remember thinking like, it was like he got uglier with every step that he took. And all of a sudden there's no attraction to this person because I see the type of person they are. And I think mm-hmm. with someone like like Big Ed, who may not have the the bundle that, that brings the initial attraction to a lot of people, but depending on how he brings his personality to the table. If he's just a fun, lovable guy, it doesn't really matter what your looks are. By the time people are like, oh my gosh, this person's awesome. But then if he's doing things that are making him come across mean-spirited or ugly, then people embrace that characteristic. Right. Well, he's definitely clumsy. And he did really hurt this girl's feelings enough times that that just added to the ugliness. Well, now, Big Ed, of course, that relationship didn't work out. And it was kind of funny because here he was being that way with her, but he was over there in this, you know, Asian uh, tropical climate, just sweating his ass off. Like they'd go out to the market and they were barely there and his shirt would just be soaked. And then they had to sleep, you know, they slept on little, they were really poor, you know, slept on 
like a mat on the floor and there was like a dead uh, like a drowning dying rat in the shower which the shower was just you pour water over your you know mm -hmm. like he he really had a rough time of it and it was pretty funny but um that didn't work out you know just because of the way he was to her and now yeah. there's this woman who owns a bar that he goes to and she's really cute and so you keep thinking like she's got like he's got a big crush on her and he wants to ask her on a date and we're all like oh god really and you know and, and she said yes and then then he asked if he could kiss her and we're all like oh my god and then she said yes to that too so it's I don't, we're, we're not quite sure what's going on here. Like, is she just going along with this because she doesn't want to hurt his feelings? Or is she really looking at him as boyfriend material? So that's kind of where we are with Big Ed. And yeah. well, and I think um, depending on which way she's looking at it or he's looking at it, it, it never feels good to be on the wrong end of that, that love triangle or whatever. You know, if, if you're really into someone and they're not into you back that doesn't feel good at all but i i would argue that it feels just as bad when when you care about someone but you don't you know return the same feelings they have for you and now you you're in that awkward situation of i don't want to hurt this person's feeling but i don't want it to go any further so i may have to cut them off just so that i'm not leading them on and no matter what it doesn't feel good and and i've been on both ends of that where i've had people that seem to like me i'm like sorry, dude, I just, I don't see it. And then I've been on the other side where it's like, how come this person doesn't see, you know, how come they don't see me the way I see them? It never feels good. Right. And so it'll be interesting to see with this scenario. So is this bar owner also in a foreign country where this would also no. be a 90 day fiance thing? No, it would be here. No. She's just like a regular American woman, I guess. And, you know, honestly, I do feel like the healthiest relationships come from the situations where there's not a, an imbalance of need from the other one. Mm -hmm. and I think that's um, in many of those 90 day fiance situations, depending on how they met, you know, you know, if they're if they met and they fell in love and weren't, you know, didn't have a desire to switch countries originally. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, I met the love of my life. Now I have to figure this out. That's a completely different scenario than. I'm trying to find a way to get to another country and I'm really excited about meeting this person. So now we're going to make it work out. And the other person has this other imbalance of needs of, well, I couldn't find anybody to marry in all of America. So now I have to go somewhere else who needs something for me to come, you know. And right. And I, I do think if you're looking overseas for a mate, I'm going to just take a, a go out on a limb and say, You've got some sort of an issue, whether mm -hmm. it's a commitment issue or a, I don't know, I think. Well, I, I feel that way about, you know, a guy from Portland. It's like, if I'm, if I'm online dating and I match with a guy from Portland and I think, okay, so from Portland, there was nobody in Portland that, that made sense for him to date. There was nobody in Kelso or Longview or Olympia or Salem. Like, like there are so many places closer to them than me that how many, how far out did this circle have to get? Of course, you know, you can say the same thing about me too. It's like, well, how, you know, how many guys did you burn through? Well, it, it might depend though if they, if they travel up to Seattle every now yeah. and then. 
Like I, I, okay. I, and then like I dated a guy from Vancouver, Mm -hmm. North Canada. Um, but that was like a specific, it was like a BBW dating site. So -hmm. there weren't always like 10 guys that were within driving range. So that kind of made it a little bit different. It was a specific. But when you're, yeah. And, and Canada is less, I mean, it's a little harder right now, but it's less of a, you know, it's still only two hours away. It's, it's not as But still, that's why it didn't work out though. Yeah. Yeah. There was a guy that I was talking to who had been traveling and he was from Vancouver and I talked to him a bit and I just kind of let it fizzle out because it was, I realized, you know, at some point someone, if this goes anywhere, someone's going to have to make a decision about crossing a border. And, and I know that I'm not willing to do that myself because my kids and my whole family are here. So, um, you know, unless I accidentally fall for someone that I have to consider that I'm not going to try to make that a barrier. Right. Right. But but yeah, but then to go overseas, just even. You're just making things way too hard for your life. Yeah. So the other thing though, I want to shout out to Molly from 90 day fiance, because Molly is really, uh, kind of a favorite. Where in the heck is she? So is she, so she's on a different version than what Big Ed is on. Well, now she's on the single life with him now. Okay. That's the wrong picture. Molly looks a lot like Big Ed. (laughs) No, she really doesn't. Um, Maybe she's, I think she's next to Anderson Cooper. So if I can find him, I can find her. That's him. Here she is. This is Molly. Okay. Now Molly's from a Southern state. So she's got a Southern twang. Her voice is maybe a little bit annoying, but not that bad. Um, But other than that, she's a delight. You know, she's hopeful. She's a romantic. Her problem maybe is just that she's, she gives everybody a little too much credit. So she kind of has a bad picker, you know. So she is on single life, meaning she already tried to date a guy from another country. She married a guy from another country who was just basically using her and he was uh yeah so she had a rough go of it but i wanted to give her a shout out because she has a business whereas you can see she's got some big knockers and she has like a custom bra business oh nice yeah this, so did, she, you, did you order some bras from her no i think oh. i tried but i couldn't get a hold of it or i forget but i just remember you saying you ordered some new bras the other day so i thought maybe they were yeah, no not from her but i would like a custom bra that you know yeah. that's a whole nother that's a you whole know the name of her business to shout out or we just i don't remember molly's, but... molly's well I, if you google molly from 90 day fiance i'm sure you can find the link to that business and give her some yeah. love yeah so, so uh, it's nice to have someone that almost everybody like everybody's like oh good it's molly you know when she comes mm-hmm. on so yeah well and hopefully she learned from that marriage that didn't work out i mean i think it's hard when, you know, you want to be trusting of people and you want to just, you want to be that person who's not thinking the worst of people. And I like to think the best of people myself, but you also have to protect yourself and be like, okay, how do I balance that where I protect myself, but still assume people have the best intent, but, but you can assume the be- that people have the best intent, but still put a barrier around how far you let them into your life. I think that's kind right. of nice. Yeah, yeah. So that's too bad. Okay, so do you have anything coming up that you want to promote or uh, 
Um, you know, just uh, I'm getting back out there with my book, which I need to get. Uh, I need to get in some more local locations with Own Your Awkward Life Changes because I got that launched at the beginning of the year, and then I got sidetracked with some projects, and I feel like I need to be better about promoting that and just having it be all over the place. So that's the next big thing, getting that out there. All right. Uh, Saturday night, I will be, is it Saturday night? Yeah, I think so. 24th. Yep. Yeah, I will be doing a show uh, on Zoom. Uh, Russian Irregulars, I think is what we're calling. I saw that, yeah. yeah. So this is a riff mic. It has a wheel that has a subject and a wheel that tells you how many minutes. So I will be doing, I will be riffing on, I don't know what the subject is. So this is really interesting to just kind of, um, you know, you got to fly by the seat of your pants and it's kind of exciting and boy, yeah. So. I'm excited uh, about that. Yeah, so check that out. Check in like the events. You know, I, I post stuff all the time. You can find it. Um, it is uh, produced by uh, our good friend Tara Christian Weedner, and she was on uh, Heavy Petting Truth or Dare with us. That was fun. I yeah, just saw there's... a clip of that recently in this little yeah trailer you made for this show. Yeah, so there's going to be some fun people on there. I'm excited to do that. So that's coming up, and then uh, I got some stuff coming up in May. So yay. I'm excited to do that. I apologize for the uh, shenanigans earlier, but Andrew has received his second shot. They're just waiting Ooh. 15 minutes out. So now we can put on the calendar two weeks from today. Andrew Hagen is going to party like a rock star. So nice. Woot, woot. All right. All right. Well, thanks, um, Andy. I want to talk some, uh, business stuff with you when we're done with this show so thanks everybody for watching bye everybody